0: Welcome to episode number four of the Basketball Card Podcast. I am your host, Adam Gray, the 27 guy. Thank you uh, again for listening today, and thank you for listening to the other ones. If you've listened to the podcast before, um, if you like what you hear, please uh, share it with a friend. That'd be awesome. Uh, somebody who who is another collector uh, of basketball cards. Um, and again, if there's any way to like or subscribe, please do that. A few housekeeping things. Um, I have music for the podcast. I know, pretty cool, right? Um, My brother-in-law, Aaron McMurray, is a professional musician, and I asked him to put together a little um, music clip for the podcast and gave him some specs, and he did an Absolutely awesome job. I just need to figure out how to incorporate it in GarageBand. And so getting closer, um, and hopefully I can provide you guys with that for next time. And it won't just sound like me just rambling on and on, but it'll actually have a beginning and an ending with music. Um, Another couple things to look out for. I've spoken with, I think, four people now about having a conversational podcast um, where we discuss... Uh, the current trends. Um, also I want to talk to people about their collections, about how they got started collecting and kind of would like to kind of get an oral history from some of you um, on that and would love to kind of memorial- memorialize that in memorialize that in podcast format. I think that could be really, really cool. So um, if that's something that you'd be interested in doing and you're somebody who I know, um, whether it be from blowout or eBay or just through the years, Feel free to shoot me a message. I'd love to. I'd love to do that. It's uh, it's one of the things that I really love about the hobby is getting to know people and understand why they collect what they collect and how they got into it in the first place. So yeah, we're gonna do some podcasts on that. Um, I also have um, a plan to do a um, kind of a uh research project on. The differences between the two main consignment houses, PWCC and Steam One Two Three. I sent each one of them a lot of cards, both in the thousands of dollars. Um, here, just just late last week, and I'm really interested to let let them go through the whole process and see how the whole thing goes, and then report back to you guys on how that went. I think that could be I think that could be a really good resource. I kind of see some benefits, uh, some pros and cons with each already, and I'm just really, I think it'll be really helpful. I hope that you guys like that. So those are some things that, you know, you, you, can ha- you have to look forward to. Um, oh, also, look out for the show on iTunes. Um, I haven't figured out how to do that yet, but I want to make a commitment right now that between the end of today and next week's podcast... That I will figure out how to get this on iTunes and I will figure out how to uh, get the software for the conversational podcasts. I have done that research. Um, again, I, I think I mentioned this before, but if you have any specific thoughts on being able to do the cons- uh, conversational podcasts and the software needed to do that, please let me know. Um, I've done my own research, but would love to hear from you. Okay, well, today's podcast. Um, Thanks for letting me go through that housekeeping stuff. Today's podcast is is kind of, uh, there's several things I want to go through. First thing that I want to go through is really um, a group of things, and that is the story storylines for the rest of the season, and that'll lead us into kind of an economics conversation at the end. It's something that I feel pretty strongly about, and hopefully may be helpful to some of you. Um so storylines for the rest of the season. Storyline number one is obviously, as we talked about last week, the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors have lost four games. I believe they're forty-eight and four. That's amazing. Um, that means they've got roughly thirty games left. I'm going to look it up real quick, um, just to make absolutely sure that, that that's right. I believe that's the record currently. Or Maybe that's their projected record for um, a few games from now. Sorry, one sec. Forty-six and four. I'm sorry. So if they win the next two games before the All-Star break, they'll be forty-eight and four, and they'll have thirty games left. Meaning that they can, if they just win five out of every six games, that will um, that will take them to ten losses, and they'll tie the record. Uh, again, as we talked about last week. We really have to start considering whether that's a, not just start considering, we have to realize at this point, this is a real possibility. It really is go time, and the Warriors really may be taking this record, which is a crazy thought. I think I mentioned before, Phil Jackson said that this record would never be broken out West because of the, um, because of the amount of travel that, that uh, Western Conference teams have to make um, compared to Eastern Conference teams. And I know that flying and things are are a lot cushier than they used to be, but I think that I think that point makes sense mostly because of time change and, um, and just sheer amount of time on flights and, and in travel and things like that. So, um, it's, you know, we're watching something that could be potentially great here. And not only do they have the chance to, to meet it, they have a chance to destroy it. Um. We talked we talked about this before, but I think that's I think that's really the the biggest uh, story for the rest of the season. The other story that uh, is definitely gaining some traction right now is the Sacramento Kings are looking at possibly getting rid of rid of George Carl. Uh, the Kings have been the laughing stock of the league for a while. You know, you've got stories about Vlade Divac not understanding the protocol of how to make a trade. you got the Nick Stauskas trade from, from last year that was just such a disaster. You've got Vivek Ronadive who called Nick Stauskas after he drafted him and had everybody in the war room say Nick Rocks. I mean, he's just, that franchise is so weird. There's a story about Vivek where he actually thought that it would be a good idea to implement a defense in the NBA after the defense of, I think it was his daughter's defense, um, like his fourth grade daughter. Some you can look up the story. It's m- amazing that he actually thought that this was a good idea. But he thought it would be a good idea if, um, if in pro basketball they were to leave one person back on offense at all times and play a four man defense. He thought it was a brilliant idea. I just. I can't even imagine that somebody could own a pro sports team and and have the gall to come in and try to change everything like that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's super bright in these ways and we're all wrong. He just seems like it. He just seems like he has no idea what he's doing though. And between he and Vlade running a team, it's just a, it's just a disaster. Um, from the ownership all the way down to the players, the whole thing just is, is a disaster. And DeMarcus Cousins is one of the most talented big men I've ever seen, but he doesn't know how to be a professional and consistently makes really poor choices, and I wouldn't want him on my team. And so, um, I, yeah, it's just it's a disaster, and George Carl's a good coach, but they're considering moving him. Now, the interesting part of the story, and I've heard this from um, – some people in the NBA who are really, really plugged in. Um, And it's not a for sure thing yet, but there are several people who believe that Vivek wants to hire the first female head coach, potentially Nancy Lieberman Klein, which would be huge, obviously. Um, That would be, one of the stories of the year and he wants to be a trendsetter he wants to be different he wants to be known for coming up with original ideas and being an innovator. And I think in the process of doing that, he's going to end up looking like a complete idiot of all of the female coaches that he could choose. There are others (laughs) that he could choose that are perhaps, um, more, I don't know. They're better coaches. Um, I guess the jury's out, but everything I've heard about Nancy Lieberman is that she was a great player, but not a great coach. She's coached in the WNBA for a long time. And it seems more like he's just doing something to get attention. Um, It's a story to look out for. And again, that's just hearsay at this point. That's not, that's not something that's happened. That's something that may happen, but keep your eye out for that. Um, the next thing is that the trade deadline is coming up I believe it's I believe it's this week actually Um, so the NBA trade deadline is usually a kind of exciting time Um, obviously you guys all know that but the thing that's the coolest about it I think is from the perspective of um, collectors it can change values real quick. Um, and I can't find the date for it real quick. So we'll just go with the, with it being this Thursday. I think it, I think it usually is on a Thursday. I it may not be, I may be totally wrong. Anyway, moving on. Um, what I was saying is it can often change values. Uh, I, so here's a, a quick story about that. When I was younger in 2002, I bought a Kwame (laughs) Brown Ultimate Collection 4-color patch auto. It was the first patch auto that deck had ever come out with. And the previous three had sold between $500 and $700. And I found one that had been mislisted with the word Ultimate spelled incorrectly. And I felt very fortunate to have picked up a Kwame Brown autograph patch for under $400. Fast forward a couple years, and I felt like a complete idiot for making that decision in the first place because clearly he was a huge, huge bust, but we didn't know it at that time. So, what does this have to do with the trade deadline? Well, um, later, the L.A. Lakers acquired Kwame Brown from the Washington Wizards. And when they acquired him, immediately all of his stuff shot through the roof. Well, I had been following him for a couple of years at that point and I kind of figured out who he was and who he was going to be and I realized that he was never going to be the number one pick or never going to live up to the number one hype and so I knew it was time to to get rid of to let the Kwame Brown go and and hope that the LA stuff would would get me back some of my money amazingly The card sold for over $250, and in the end, after all fees and everything, I only ended up, I I lost less than a couple hundred dollars, which I felt amazing about, um, given the way he had completely flopped as a professional basketball player. This story is important because in the next few days, as players are traded, possibly, maybe it'll be a quiet trade deadline, but as that happens, that's a time to really look for deals, and I, and and to, to look at why the trades were made and ask yourself, okay, did somebody get traded who's going to be put in a position to help a team win a championship? Did a young guy, a guy who's been in the league three years or less, get put into a position where he's going to have the chance to star or score more? The card values of some of these guys will trade based on, or oops, sorry, will increase and will decrease based on where they're traded, and sometimes the fastest movers can Get can make the mo- most money, or can lose the least money. If that makes sense, um, if you've got a guy who's supposedly going to be a starting point guard for a team, and then you find, then you see that he's traded behind somebody else who's clearly the starting point guard, that is a pretty good indicator that you know maybe his stock's about to take a hit. And if you can move fast on that, it can be a benefit to you. Okay, the next point is. Um, the next storyline really is the Towns and Porzingis storyline this year's rookie class wasn't supposed to be very good and it has been awesome not just like pretty good it's been great down to the Devin Booker, Trey Lyles uh, Miles Turner those three were drafted right in in a row right at the end of the lottery and that's awesome that is um, you know Porzingis it looks like a guy who could, could be a 10 time all star and Towns Looks like a guy who could be an MVP candidate. People are already comparing him to Anthony Davis. Um, I, I'm super excited for this rookie class. I was all in on last year's, but we're not seeing anything like or we're, we're not seeing anything like we saw last year. These guys are, I mean, head to head right now. You might take this year's rookies over last year's sophomores. I, I think you probably would. I, I think you would. Like I, I can't think of any reason why you would take last year's at this point. Um, so th- the interesting thing about this though is there's all this hype about Porzingis and Towns, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say something that I probably shouldn't admit to, and that is that I don't buy rookie cards of these guys until it's until we're seeing some more of their high end stuff. Um, this time of year, you've got a few cards out there that'll end up being carrying some some very high value but most of them haven't come out and won't come out. National treasures will release will release in April or, um, or sorry, I, uh, immaculate or re- release in like April or May. And then later national treasures. And then later, probably flawless mm-hmm. and eminence. And those are the rookie cards that you're going to want to see those four brands. The stuff that you're seeing right now isn't going to end up being, isn't going to end up holding its value. If past trends continue and that, that might change. Um, but I think for a lot of us, we have in our mind that certain things won't be worth a lot of money. Last year, when Gold Standard came out, um, it was an on-card autograph, and there were three versions of autograph patches numbered to 25. You know, similar non-game-used patches is Immaculate. But when Immaculate came out, the autograph patch, even though the patch wasn't as big, sold more than it did, than any of them did, out of... Out of um, gold standard why branding what people expect will be worth a lot more money and to be honest with you i think a lot of those gold standard cards were actually nicer looking than the immaculate ones were so i i think i think a lot of it comes down to branding but anyway i'm definitely digressing here the point is that i stay away from and this is where the the um this where the economics conversation comes in i stay away from that stuff during the year because i think inevitably it will decrease in value during the year. And I think lots of people are buying it up right now and Panini doesn't want you to do that. You know, Panini wants you to Panini wants you to go out and, and buy it all right now and I don't blame them for doing that, but I would just caution to wait. The other part of the economics story is this and that is whenever people are starting to get very greedy or excited about one thing That's the time to look for other opportunities in the market.
1: And so what I would
0: always suggest is a good idea, and this is the same thing year after year after year. The first half of the season, basically up until the Super Bowl, which has just passed. The Super Bowl was just a few days ago. Just yesterday, I'm sorry. Um, Once the Super Bowl has passed, people stop looking. Well, sorry, let let me back up. Once the Super Bowl has passed, the first half of the season has gone by, and all of the hype has been about the rookies that year. And all the hype is about the rookies, right? People are talking about Porzingis. People are talking about Towns. Not many people are talking about the sophomores. And the first half of the year, the market has been very saturated with lots of different, with lots of really nice cards that. Panini came out with last year, uh, Noir, uh, National Treasures, Eminent or sorry, Immaculate. Some of these rookie cards are have really depressed in value, and so they're worth significantly less than they were just a matter of six to eight months ago. And in some cases, it has nothing to do with their. No, it has nothing to do with their performance in some cases players have played better than you would have expected them to and their Cards are still worth significantly less than they were six months ago That's because the market saturated and it's because people are focused on something else So we've gone through this period of a few months now Where it's been a really good time to buy some things if there's a player who you think has a great potential and shouldn't be you know, slept on, they should be um, considered uh, as, as a good investment. You, we basically, we've just gone through this real depression time, and we're still just barely coming out of it. The question this year is, who from last year is worth anything? Last year has not lived up to the hype. You know, just off the top of my head, going down the draft order, Wiggins has been good, Parker has not delivered and has not played aaron gordon has definitely been a disappointment although you know he shows signs every now and then exum has is you know blew out his acl at the beginning of the year in a european friendly um marcus smart hasn't been great and has also been injured he's got a decent win shares amount he can't shoot he's a great defender He's got good tenacity. I don't know if he's ever going to be a really high quality starting point guard in the league. Um, you know, you just keep clicking down the list, and it's depressing how bad this, dra- how bad the draft has, has been. My guy Rodney Hood, um, I think, has been really one of the real bright spots over the course of the last month and a half. He's averaging over eighteen a game on almost fifty percent shooting and almost three point shoot fifty percent three point shooting. He started off the year really poorly, and so his uh, stats don't reflect it right now. I, st- mm-hmm. I still think he's averaging 14.5 a, a game for the season, and for a second-year guy, that's pretty decent, especially on a second-year on a team that, that's actually competing in the playoffs. So I'm hyped about him. I have a bunch of his stuff um, from last year, and I'm happy with how that's done. I also have a bunch of stuff of, of Exum, um, and I'm excited to see what Exum does too. But, you know, that freak injury at the beginning of the year obviously makes you worry – Um, I think people are easy to forgive these highly athletic guys for getting getting injured once, Um, but a guy like Embiid, on the other hand, where he's had several injuries at this point and he hasn't played any NBA games, it's kind of hard to imagine where he's going to end up at this point. I hope he makes it, he seems like a good dude, but anyway, the economics of the situation is something that you always need to look at and you need to understand and Sometimes people just want the latest, greatest, best rookie in the year in the, the year that the card was made. and that's often not the smart thing to do. It's often good to wait till later. You, um, it, the, the other thing that Panini does that sometimes will irritate you is you don't know wh- how many brands they'll come out with. The question this year is going to be, Eminence, um, Eminence is, was a game changer. Some of us liked us, liked it i did some of us didn't seemingly the rest of you (laughs) um but i think we'll all admit that if if eminence said well this year we're going to do rookie cards numbered to 10 and they're all going to be autographed patches and the patches are all going to be game used that would be a game changer that would change the pecking order of the rookies and so if that happens you know how do we react to it what do we do when National Treasures comes out, you kind of want to know whether an eminence product's going to come out, but the fact is, you're probably not going to know. You're not going to know if the rookies are going to be made. So, I don't know. I don't. I think I think those sort of things are hard to understand and hard to time, but they're they're good to consider as we're as we're looking at the current rookie class and whether we're getting a good buy or not a good buy right now. Anyway, that's uh, that's pretty much a wrap for our show today. If you have any questions, again, please email me at the27dude at gmail.com. If you want to PM me on Blowout too, please do. If you are up for doing a podcast with me and having doing a conversational one where we either talk about your collection or why you got into collecting or the current trends or if there's anything else that you think would be cool to talk about, I'm up for it as long as it's related to basketball cards. Vintage to today. I love all of it. It's um, It's all fun hope we can keep this thing going and hopefully we can make it, make it more fun. Um, again, signing out for the basketball card Pat podcast episode number four. I am Adam gray. Have a great day.